Hello and welcome to another super exciting episode of Pitch Cafe podcast. This is a place where talent meets coffee. This was a show started where Silicon Valley investors were roasting, toasting and boosting startup founders. Today our startup founder is all about boosting, boosting human potential with creativity. She is hitting that nerve, that chord which resonates with every human being on the planet. Creativity is the source of life and our guest today Deepa Vivekanandan is all in to make this a part of everyone's life. Our guest Deepa Vivekanandan has lots of uh, big brands on her resume. She has worked at Google, she has been part of YouTube. She's from Carnegie Mellon and she has a work for IIT Madras so both from the indian and the us landscape she has some of the biggest brand names on her resume but for me most importantly she's my alumnus friend she's from ps institute of technology bengaluru and i'm so proud that one of my college mates is serving humanity through her startup mix life what is mix life and why is it today the topic of our discussion let's find out more from the horse's mouth Welcome Deepa welcome to the podcast Hi Vida thanks so much for having me here and thanks for that introduction Fantastic so Deepa uh you know we, we would like to know more about why you quit your full time job like this hot shot job everybody dreams about and you took up mix life what was the why behind this whole big transition you've made Yeah, definitely. So as Vida mentioned, I was um, I was at uh, Google and YouTube. I was working as a product manager back uh, in 2018, and uh, something that uh, happened in my own life um, made me think back um, and reprioritize. So I had a very um, narrow escape that happened um, the shooting that happened on YouTube campus in 2018. Um, I experienced PTSD and I recovered from PTSD through um, creativity. Creativity played a pivotal role in my recovery, uh, along with other efforts too, like from my therapist and so on. But PT- uh, creativity was a was a pivotal part of like my own recovery process, and that really experience really made me think about uh, creativity's role, and it also got me. interested in learning about the research behind creativity and mental well-being and what i found out was uh, it was quite surprising that um it can you know not just help in recovery from trauma such as i experienced but also help with you know building resilience for dealing with everyday stress and even helping uh, you know overcome this feeling of languishing where you feel like you're getting through every day but you're not really excited you're not really thriving uh, so it seemed like this very you know powerful and very fun way to package um such a well-being uh, benefits to to the human mind and brain so that's kind of uh, what um, you know got me excited and i jumped on this journey to build mix life um so mix life um, yeah and mix life it's uh, the startup which is uh, focused on really leveraging creativity for mental well-being and you know really trying to integrate creativity into everybody's lives and uh, and our values and philosophy are around uh, it's it's not just for the artists and and if anyone has been told that they're not creative they're not artistic that's that's not true it's it's innate in all of us all of us are creative all of us are capable of uh, being creative and really leveraging that you know superpower to for our well-being is kind of is is one of our core values at mix life yeah amazing uh, so what stood out to me from your uh, you know current experience is connecting 
uh, with the outer world by sharing with them who you are mm-hmm. right this is a very broad topic it's about self realization so you are uh, helping people to realize themselves through creativity another thing is building trust mm-hmm. they say business happens at the speed of trust so building trust now can you give a few examples how you help people express themselves um you said woodwork and canvas let's say you were to do a workshop or if somebody signs up for a mixed life service what is it that you help them with to express themselves and yeah. what do you see what do you see before and after yeah absolutely um so i can take a few examples of um you know offerings that we have been able to um provide at mixed life and and the you know the uh, what people have experienced and have reported having experienced um so take the example of improv right like we've offered yeah. an improv journey what we saw people tell us was um they uh, experienced a con- like increase in confidence and self expression and really being uh, comfortable in their own skin right and um yeah. and i think that that was a very big takeaway because uh, as people kind of um built over a period of time over a period of 4 to 6 weeks what happens is uh people gradually start um beginning to um express themselves confidently and then yeah. um, not be as conscious and and eventually all, start enjoying that process of, of you know you know being uh, being a fool in front of other people is, is so much fun right in improv <laughs> like yeah. i think just really getting comfortable with that and then um in the process really experiencing these benefits and um something that we've done um we've seen in our pilots where we um looked at well-being outcomes of uh, participants we saw in our early pilots that people experienced a strong sense of um um uh, improvement in well-being outcomes be it in uh, reduction in stress levels or a uh, strong sense of connection or even like experiencing a you know as i mentioned confidence and self-expression so those are some examples of you know outcomes that we saw even while people were just having fun every week right and and really expressing themselves so that's that's an example with uh, improv and we've seen that happen with poetry too because i think poetry is also very you know it's it's very um it's a, it's a it's kind of this ex, um, journey where you reflect a lot you're really thinking um deeply and then putting your thoughts into words and i i, I thought that was a great experience for me i took the journey myself and um and i would tie to a certain habit like every morning with my coffee i'd write a couple yeah. of lines of poetry and it was such a you know such a such a powerful process um in in just uh, feeling um you know like i've expressed myself i feel like i you know i've told the world who i am so i think um poetry is another example and then we've done ukulele where people have you know picked up this instrument and learned to play it um and there's just so much uh, magic in in music and um yeah. we've also had people jam sometimes over zoom sometimes in person but like the this idea of like a lot of people coming together and creating music and then when you hear that outcome i think there's something so magical about it so i think um so yeah i think we've done a bunch of these journeys the poetry improv uh, stand up comedy where people actually yeah. put their own stand up comedy scripts and then uh, ukulele as i mentioned watercolor was another one yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh expressions of uh, human uh, uh, mind and human soul uh, whatever you listed just now and we're doing it for the sake of art and not for any money right now so it's completely free expression without boundless so uh you know that's great i i have a feeling this will raise the vibration of people who are going into depression so on that note how did this help you 
during your PTSD? Like what change did you see in yourself? I know you said you became more confident, but can you quote like one specific instance to validate that particular statement? I think, um, I think just like um, evidence wise, right? Like my, um, my medical leave could be cut short in half. And that was just like, um, like a very tangible thing that I saw. And like what I personally experienced was, as I mentioned, um, when I was going through like the more challenging phases of PTSD, I think those moments when I was dancing was the only time I could be in the moment. Like That was almost the only time I could like, you know, not have to worry about um, something um, related to like my, you know, um, unfortunate mm-hmm. incident. So I think that was very important for me to get that mental break. Um, and other thing I started noticing was like sleeping better because one of the biggest challenges yeah. with PTSD is, is sleep, right? Being very disturbed. So those are the things that I observed and I began to um, understand that these two were correlated, right? Like when I danced, I was feeling better. Um, and then as I mentioned, like I think um, um, as I, you know, the dance and also other, other creative pursuits, as I started like taking some some other classes, I, I realized that um, in, in during you know, the pursuit of that medium, I felt comfortable with other people around me. And that was a very important barrier for me to overcome, to kind of feel comfortable with strangers, right? Um, So I think those are examples, specific examples from my own journey where uh, creativity played a very important role. Uh, But as I read about the neuroscience and other, you know, research, um, I think what's said is that like creativity actually helps your brain form new neural connections which is very important uh, in overcoming trauma in particular because otherwise you're like stuck in a loop which yes. you're not able to you know even no matter how much you wish for it it doesn't break on its own right so i think um so i think that that really resonated with me because i could see i, I saw something that that could that i couldn't explain um happening and um and i think that's that's what the science is kind of telling too so i think uh, it, it definitely resonated with me Thank you, Deepa. I think you gave such clear expression of the words creativity, about self-expression, about overcoming negative states of depression. This is like a real eye-opener and you validated it using a scientific explanation. So um, so great. And uh, you, I don't think art can be underrated at all after what you've uh, you know, just explain not only just for you, you're doing it for groups. So, so tell me, um, you know, how does this uh, mixed life approach help people with burnout? This is like the top topic everybody's facing, especially during the pandemic with the Zoom, uh, you know, endless calls and with uh, families living inside the house, not being able to go out. They're just juggling with so many things. And most of this is mental pressure, you know. Uh, a pandemic was just like a concept. It was a mental concept that you can't go out of four walls. But mentally, you're free to do a lot of things. You know, there is a lot of freedom still. How did you address burnout, uh, you know, yourself or with the tools? You're a mom uh, and you're a woman entrepreneur. I can't imagine how many challenges you go through every day. But really, how does it help burnout? Yeah, yeah, great question. So I think... um... We're trying to address burnout, um, taking different angles here, right? Like one is, um, as I mentioned, the sense of connection. So um, there's a lot of like um, recent uh, research pointing to like, especially like during the pandemic, this burn, a lot of people are burning out and it's not just work exhaustion. It's uh, also because of loneliness. Like it's a big contributor to 
losing coping mechanisms um, to deal with stress and, and that's when people burn out. So really bringing in these, uh, bringing back some of these coping mechanisms that we've lost out um, through through mixed life, the mixed life approach. And uh, one way we do it is, as I mentioned, like there's a community, there's a group of people going through a similar creative journey. And then that itself creates a sense of connection because you're on a similar journey and you're exploring and you're cheering each other, you're you know experiencing similar challenges. Um, and the other is like, as I mentioned, some creative practice every day in itself is, is great for you. It's great for your brain. It really helps um, you build resilience. And, um, and that's why we come in in this. I think we're, we're, we're really trying to make creativity a habit. Um, um, so really helping people take those five minutes or 10 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be big, but it has to be something you do more consistently, which is helpful. So. Um, so that's the other piece, like make creativity a habit, um, create the sense of connection was the other thing I mentioned. Um, and I think the third way we're tackling it is like um, through our instructors and, and the kind of materials that we um, provide during our courses is, is really trying to address, um, you know, help people reflect on uh, what comes in the way very often, right? Like. I think perfectionism is one big challenge for a lot of us and it shows up not just in work like very often you know you you're not happy with what you've done and you know it, it really creates a lot of stress and um it also shows up when you're being creative which is like yeah. you feel it's just not good enough right to share or it's just not good enough to be done and so Deepa, uh, Deepa, uh, i want to ask you a question here i'm a mom <laughs> i'm mom of a nine-year-old I have this compulsive desire to correct my daughter because she gets uh, some of the proportions wrong and her concept of size is not uh, appropriate like her classmates. She minimizes things which are supposed to be maximized and the other way around. It kind of bothers me. What should people like me tell a nine-year-old? What do you think your mixed life approach would tell people, moms like me? Um, I, yeah, we haven't looked at uh, parent to child, but I think... Um, it would start with you, right? Like if you were yeah. to take a class of mixed life, I think um, it would just be starting with reflection, right? Like why are you, you know, frustrated? Why do you think this isn't good enough? And very often <laughs> the answer is it's just not up to the mark. And and I think the point we're trying to make is it doesn't matter, right? Like I think the idea of like getting something done and, uh, you know, making progress uh, gradually, but consistently, I think that's more important than getting that perfect piece out. and. And starting with this like creative project, which is like a very, um, you know, it's it's a very, um, it's, it's not like something that, that at work, which is burning, right? Like you're starting with something that is uh, easy and something that, you know, even if you mess up is fine. So really starting with like this art project or creative project and teaching yourself to let go um, yeah. is, is where we begin. And then using that as a medium to reflect broadly on life and work and um, everything else is kind of, um, you know, the third sort of pillar in our approach to tackle burnout, because the things that come up at work are also um, are also show up when you're trying to be creative and um, produce something. So I think uh, that's kind of the third way for us to tackle it. And that that's what we, we, we put a lot of thought into the curriculum and um, how we approach um, this creative journey. Fantastic. So what's next for Mixed Life? What are you guys up to there? Uh, you have a super exciting program to kindle creativity and I believe you are with the corporate segment right now, working professionals. So what's next for you? What's next for Mixed Life? Yeah, so we've, um, um, we started off as a B2C offering and we have uh, 
pivoted since to a more B2B. So I think our um, next on our radar is really um, uh, doing a bunch of um, pilots with the uh, big companies. We are starting with a bunch of the big names here. Um, and then um, rolling out um, to more and more employees uh, is kind of our strategy. So we're going to start there. And then when we think of employees, we're not just thinking of them as you know, a, 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 a small unit within companies, but we're really thinking of them, um, of their their life as a whole, right? Like uh, integrating creativity um, into their lives and, and really helping it for their well-being. So as an example, like a lot of these employees are also parents of young kids and um, something that often comes up is, hey, I'm not able to take time off for my creative hobby because, you know, I'm busy with my kids. And something we try to do is like, here are some modules that you can do with your child, right? And it, wow. it's great for your kids and it's great for you. So I think um, really thinking of them as individuals. I'm going to sign up. I, I'll be one of the first people to sign up. I really, I'm really looking forward. And when I host playdates, uh, you know, parents ask, you know, did they waste time or did they do anything useful at all? All the five, six hours they were with you, at least something, did you do something useful? So uh, I would love to sign up for one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think that's why there's really thinking about them, um, their lives and where, uh, what could be sort of barriers to them practicing and really addressing uh, them and 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 um, yeah and I think that's kind of our plan right now. So for the next uh, um, six months or so, it's really trying to broaden and roll out our offering. Yeah. So uh, among the last few questions, I know you're busy. I have to let you go. Uh, how do you get a corporate employee to do something creative? They are so fixated on, you know. I was working with this product manager. I was coaching her, and she was dealing with a toxic workplace and. I had to really convince her to do something which made her feel good, like self-love kind of thing. Uh, and she would always end up, you know, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, going back into the loop of how her manager is treating her badly and, you know, doing partial, being partial to another colleague. She would always come back to that. And I had to shift her and I say, hey, you look, you're a beautiful painter. What did you do today? How do you get them on a daily basis to do that? What is a good way to motivate? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is one of the, you know, key challenges that we have is in keeping them engaged. And um, I think of it as two pronged. One is like the a two pronged approach to address this. The first is like education, which is like uh, very often, like I've seen, like, as I talk to corporate employees, they're very surprised by the benefits of creativity. And uh, and as you've seen, like in the fitness world, there's been a revolution, right? Like if you look at the 80s versus 90s yeah. versus like this, you know, century, like there's just a lot more awareness about why exercise is good for you. And, um, and you don't have to be an athlete, but you have to exercise, right? So similarly, you don't have to be an artist, but being creative is good for you. I think there's there's that room for education around like what are the benefits? And um, that's like the, the first strategy in terms of getting people engaged. Um, okay. And also re really helping them see that it's not just for them, it's for, for everybody around them. So when they're being creative, they're, they're really making themselves more available Yes. Um, uh, for everyone around so it's not like a, it's not a selfish act it's a very self-care is not selfish right so it's something to keep uh, iterating i like that, that. self-care is not selfish it's yeah. going to make things better around for everyone all yeah. right i'm going to quote this yeah. as your quote and i'm going to highlight this again and again in the podcast all you viewers please remember that self-care and self-love is not selfish it is being selfless by making things better around you thank you thank you for that yeah and you were saying go so the, the education is one piece and, and then the other is um, engagement. I think one nice thing about uh, creativity is that you see your other colleagues, you see other people at your workplace 
expressing themselves right and that's a that's a big um yes. you know motivator too because people want to see what others created and then when you see others create you want to create too so i think that's just like a very fun uh, piece to you know creativity where you're you want to see what others have come up with so i think that we've seen even in the past like i mean in our b2c offerings we've seen that drive a lot of engagement um yes. and then yeah and then finding key moments right like where this can really integrate into their lives i think that's that's very important as a strategy too for us so i think those are like you know some of our top uh, uh ideas so, keeping this up uh, based on last insight which you gave uh, how do you drive communities because the um, it was an era of technology and now it is shifting to era of communities mm-hmm. how can we create creative communities what do you think other than education what are we to do differently to create communities because if he or she does and she's my peer i do it too so what do we do differently yeah i think so i i spent a lot of time actually thinking about online communities even as i worked at youtube and and google right and one of the challenges with how they are today like these open for everybody anyone on the internet um there's room for a lot of toxicity right and so online communities yeah. have also become kind of synonymous to you know a lot of toxic toxicity unfortunately um so i think the thing the way i think it would i, I think i've seen a lot of other companies um uh you know doing this too is like thinking about community imagining communities and part of it is like starting with a trusted group like when you're starting with your own colleagues or you know people in your company it's already you know the base is the baseline is already pretty civil right you're already starting with a um civil uh, group and then like really creating the sense of vulnerability and sense of hey, i'm comfortable sharing yeah i think it doesn't happen overnight it happens over time and then i think that's where creativity is also very well suited for it because um you know you may not be comfortable sharing your ukulele you know video of you playing the very first class but over 3 weeks as you see other people share and uh, other people make mistakes and still be okay with it and then you you get comfortable so i think it's a process it's like you know it's like building friendships right like it doesn't happen in one meeting it happens over a period of time in repeated you know interactions right and then you start begin to form trust and then you begin to uh, express yourself so i think it's it's really um um i think when you think about community building we really have to think about like human psychology and like what what also research says about when people feel comfortable making friends and being you know more uh open to sharing and expressing themselves so i think um that's kind of how we are approaching it uh differently from i'd say other solutions out there um which may be more open and more designed for other other um purposes yeah this is a fantastic bang on answer very strategically thought out uh extremely useful for all people who are venturing out on creative journeys so with that uh, deepa the last question what's your one takeaway for uh, audience what is that one thing deepa wants to tell everyone today yeah i would say um definitely um yeah like i mentioned self care is not selfish so <laughs> take care of yourself i think that's very important um and i think the other thing i would also mention is um uh give, being an entrepreneur right i think one thing that um we didn't touch upon in this interview but something that uh, that i would also like to say is that uh, diversity is really important and even in like um 
in, in offerings and startups that are emerging. And, and that's important because people bring very different experiences. Like in my case, as you mentioned, I'm a mom, I'm, um, you know, yeah. I'm juggling so many things and um, I've also been through PTSD. So I think um, those experiences um, help me, you know, think of a solution and um, bring something to the world, which is different and maybe not out there already. And um, that's why I think diversity in um, entrepreneurs and um, and this e startup ecosystem is really important. Um, um, that's something I'd like to also, you know, mention as we as we close this uh, interview. Um, yeah, and I think I think those are my top two, you know, things that I would uh, close the interview with, which is like, yeah, take care of yourselves and try creativity. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of magic, and it's it's for everybody. Um, and the second is like, yeah, let's let's make sure the startup ecosystem is more diverse. I think um, there needs to be definitely more people uh, with different backgrounds coming in and um, you know creating something for for the world. Amazing! Thank you so much, Deepa, for your most valuable uh, half hour. Uh, I learned so much. I'm sure the audience will too. Especially your takeaway for the audience. You know, self uh, love, self care is absolutely important, and diversity and inclusion are uh, a must have for every future organization. People like you are recreating startup ecosystems. I'm so proud to be, uh, you know, associated with you. And you're also tapping on the hottest trends that is creativity and human potential. I wish you all the very best, and I hope to have you back soon on the podcast once again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Fida. Thanks for the interview.